Welcome to episode six of Adventures in Autism. I am Megan Carranza, and I am so grateful that you are listening. If you have been listening so far, thank you. If this is your first episode, welcome. I am really having a great time with this. Um, I've been already connecting with so many people that were once strangers and honestly now they're friends and it's it's really amazing to to see everything coming together. Um, I hope you've been enjoying what you've been hearing so far. Today's episode is going to be just me and I am going to chat about the five lessons, the five biggest lessons that I have learned so far on this autism journey. And this is definitely personal and I've had to dig kind of deep to sort of figure out what I wanted to say here. I am typically kind of an off the cuff kind of a person and I, I, you know, I like things to sound real and authentic, but I wanted to really think about really what are the five biggest lessons. Honestly, I probably could say like 20 right now, but I wanted to narrow it down and try not to talk forever. Um, I think the most important thing to take away from all of this is that these lessons that I have learned, I feel like kind of like that old, that oldie song, I learned the hard way. I feel like that is so true. These were all difficult lessons to learn. And in some ways they're probably going to sound cliche because they are, and they're lessons that probably any parent would learn, but I feel like there's just another layer to it when you are an autism parent. So I'm going to dive right in. These are not really in any order, um, as opposed to like, what's the most important to least important. They're just all kind of out there. So These are my five biggest lessons I have learned throughout this autism journey. So the first one is how to be an advocate. I feel like before Logan was diagnosed with autism, I had heard the word advocate and I had, you know, somewhat of an idea of what it meant. But at that time, I had never had to be an advocate before. I mean, I had to advocate for myself at certain times and... Again, I think any parent has to advocate for their child at certain times, but I really had to learn what it meant to be an advocate and what that meant for me and just going forward, kind of how my life would change. I remember right after Logan got diagnosed, I just had it in my heart and in my mind that I needed to advocate for him that this this world that we were going to be navigating is was going to be tough and especially for me you know having a base at that time completely nonverbal child and you know still mostly nonverbal I really needed to be his voice and use my voice to to speak up and have those conversations and be the person who could answer the questions. And it's not just about, you know, sharing your story and telling people, although that's definitely part of it. I was 
talking to my sister the other day and asking her, like, what do you think the biggest lessons are? And she said to me, she was like, I don't know if this is a lesson, but she's like, I, I feel like you always are like on top of things in terms of like, you know, if I need to like make a phone call or answer an email, like I just do it right then. And she's like, you know, those are things that I'd be like, okay, I'll just put that off. But she's like, you just, you just always get it done right away. And I didn't even really think about that, but it's true because there, there's so many like balls that you're juggling as an autism parent. And so much of that is kind of mundane stuff. It's like paperwork and returning emails and making phone calls and making appointments and going to meetings and going to doctor's appointments. And it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff to do and it's a lot to keep track of, but all of that is a part of being an advocate. And I wear that title very proudly now. Uh, Every year since Logan's been diagnosed, we as a family have walked in the Autism Speaks Walk here in Chicago and that has been just a, a really wonderful event for us because I feel like it's just a way to come together with the autism community and it's a huge event and it's it's a wonderful way to spread awareness and spread acceptance and just feel feel that camaraderie but I love it because I feel like everyone there is advocating for autism and I think that that is just a really beautiful thing so that's number one number two and this is kind of a tough one is it's okay to cry and when I say cry I really mean grieve it's it's okay to grieve because this is something that I definitely have struggled with. When Logan was first diagnosed, and I've said it before, and I'll, I have no problem saying that, we did cry. <laughs> we cried a lot before that, and that day, and after that, we've cried a lot. But I remember feeling this sadness that, you know, this this little boy that I had carried in my belly and given birth to was not the little boy that I had imagined I would have in my life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that, you know, we didn't even know that Logan was a boy, actually. So we didn't find out until he came out. And, you know, when you have a, a little boy, you just immediately imagine, like, going to Little League games and doing all of that kind of boy stuff. And, I mean... He he could very well not even want to play baseball, regardless of the situation. But I remember having those feelings and feeling just like the rug had been pulled out from under me. But then also being upset with myself because I'm like, why why do I feel like I need to grieve this little boy who is sitting right in front of me, who is alive and well? And I would push those feelings away. And I think I did that for a long time after his actual diagnosis where I would just like put on this kind of game face and it was just always like, you know, okay, let's, let's get him into therapy. Let's get this figured out. Let's get these doctor's appointments figured out. And it was just like, go, go, go. Like, what can we do? What can we do? And all that is super important, but I don't think that I really let myself kind of grieve the situation And several months later, 
I think that grief kind of caught up with me. And that was sort of that time I was talking about in episode one, where I said I was starting to lose my hope was I think, I think the grief that I had been pushing down really just caught up with me because I had been so focused on what I needed to do to advocate and to be there for him and to be the best mom that I could be. And I, I didn't really let myself feel that kind of sadness that unfortunately kind of comes with the territory. And I think I really had to tell myself, you know what, it's, it's okay to admit that there is grief involved in this and to kind of feel that because then you can move on from it. And I'm not going to lie, there are days when I get sad or that I get, you know, overwhelmed and that's when again, it's it's okay to cry. You don't have to be super mom all the time and I I definitely I struggle with that because I am a very emotional person. I feel things very deeply (laughs) and I don't, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but I have said before that it is like a hindrance to my life because I, there's times when it's like you wish you could kind of just shut those emotions off because they, they come up at bad times when you're trying to be strong and when you're, you know, trying to do the right thing and sometimes you, you can't. You can't just shut the emotions off. You have to just sort of go with it. So it's a it's a balancing act for sure because I I want to let myself feel feel these emotions and feel feel my feeling in my feelings like Drake, but I also I also want to be positive and I always want to look at the bright side of things and I always want to have that hope. So this is one that even though I do cry, it's something I I think I'm still. I still have to struggle with because I do cry and I know it's okay to cry, but I also tend to push, I push that down sometimes because I just want to focus on the positive and it's okay sometimes to feel those unhappy thoughts because again, then you can work through them and the sun will come out tomorrow. That's the truth. So, okay, moving on to number three. This was actually brought up by my wonderful guest, Christy, when she, I had asked her the biggest lesson she learned, and she said, it's not about me. And I loved, I love that she said that because it's something that I think as, again, as an autism parent, you, you do feel so deeply as to like how this is going to affect you and your life. Kind of like what I was talking about before with, you know, you have this image in your mind of what it's going to be to be a parent. And then that image kind of gets turned upside down. And it's not that it's gone. You're still a parent, but it's a different type of parenting than you expected to have. But at the end of the day, it's not about me about what's doing best for for my child for Logan it's about letting go of those preconceived notions as to what I thought parenting would look like and making peace with the new normal 
quote unquote. I think, and I use that phrase a lot too, the, the new normal or our version of normal. And I think that's really important because, you know, we all, we all have our version of normal, whether you have a child with autism or neurotypical children, what is normal to some is not normal to others. And finding, finding that, that new normal. And like I said, making peace with it, I think is so important because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you can have these ideas of, of how you would like things to go, but typically, especially when you have a child with autism, they're not going to go that way. (laughs) They're going to go their own way in about 50 different directions. And you kind of just need to hold on and sort of figure out what that would be. And I think that that's one that I, I definitely have had to learn it, uh, that it's not about me, but I have, I have made my peace with that because I, you know, I, I look at Logan and I see just how amazing he is and I don't have any, any problem with it not being about me because I want it to be about him and my other kids. So it's still a really, a really good lesson though. Okay. Number four. And again, this is a, a cliche, but it's true. Number four is that patience really is a virtue. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a fairly patient person. I've just like was born with a good amount of patience my mom always jokes because like when I was little or even now like I don't mind like untangling necklaces or like doing (laughs) doing things that other people would probably get like really frustrated with like I find like oddly satisfying so I I have patience you know that's not an issue for me but being a a parent to a child with autism has tested my patience (laughs) to the very limits I have learned that I have more patience in me than I even knew. And what I'm talking about, and I think most autism parents can relate to this, and obviously typical parents can too. You've got to be patient. I have a a neurotypical two-year-old who tests my patience just as far probably (laughs) as my my autistic child does. But there are behaviors that you deal with as an autism parent that are are difficult and they're going to be difficult or different I should say for each child. I have mentioned before that Logan is a screamer and again it's a very happy scream. He is he's not doing it because he's upset. Um but it is it is tough. It is tough to listen to screaming. Some days it's worse than others, especially like in the summertime when you know we don't have as much structure to our day. He does go to summer school. The last couple summers he's had summer school and then we still do therapy in the summer, but still we have a lot more free time. There's a lot more time in the day when he's just has that idle time and that's when typically all of his behavior is kind of uptick, but the screaming in particular is is a big one. And I am not going to lie, at the end of the day when I listen to a bunch of screaming, I am spent my nerves are wrecked and it's funny because like I wouldn't even I mean not that I'm dealing in a situation where people scream at me all the time but you don't know like what your 
your your pet peeves are or something that that really gets to you until it's happening and I have learned that that is something that really gets to me and there are times when I'm not going to lie I I want to scream back I really do I I can feel my my you know just like patience starting to bubble over and it's crossing into like that anger category and it's not something that I really can get mad at him about because he's not doing it to be bad and he's not doing it acting out so all I can do is try to like correct him in the moment which is what I do but when you've done that you know a hundred times that day and it's like 9 a.m that can be rough for sure those those are the moments where you need to feel you need to realize that you know you're about to lose your cool and you need to kind of step back and take that breath and maybe go scream in a closet if you need to or scream into a pillow but I mean I think that there's there's probably some people that would say like oh you should be disciplining him and I definitely will discipline him when it's necessary I'm not I'm not an amazing disciplinarian I will I will say that but it's hard because especially with Logan a lot of his behaviors are are difficult to deal with and difficult to handle but they're not things that I can necessarily like get mad at him for because he is just being himself and I am needing to (laughs) kind of adapt to his world as opposed to him adapting to mine I think that that is kind of goes back to the it's not about me it's about him and he's happy he's having a good old time so kind of learning learning that that patience is a virtue not only with with the behaviors but just because at least for us a lot of the progress has been very slow and it has felt very slow and there's there's been times where we've been you know just chugging along and everything's going good and there's times where we are at a standstill there's times when we are experiencing some regression and that's hard and that's when you really have to find that patience and say I know we're going to get there I just have to be patient and as much as that's such a difficult concept to grasp onto I really have learned that throughout this journey and again patience really is an issue a virtue not an issue it's an issue sometimes when you're running low on it okay so then number five again kind of a cliche there is always something to be thankful for and this is a big one because I feel like even on the hard days you you need to to dig deep again and and feel find those things to be thankful for and in my in my experience I feel like you can you can always find something. I there's that quote I've seen you know floating around the internet's and Pinterest uh that you know there's always 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 something to be thankful for. And yeah, it's cliche, but it's so true because I feel like as an autism parent, you do appreciate the little things so much. And again, every every step forward is a step in the right direction and that's where you want to be 
today we were in the car and Logan was saying one like one like number one one two three uh and it wasn't necessarily in relation to anything but it just made me so happy because he just like so clearly was saying one and it was so it was so nice to hear because you know there was a long time where we did not hear him saying his words any words really we would hear kind of sporadic words here and there kind of like one <laughs> but we're hearing those words more and more often and that is just amazing to me so it's like <laughs> you know it's not it's it's not a huge thing but it's something to be grateful for and i think that you know this journey is not easy we know that for sure it's very hard but there really is there's still so much to be grateful for because I have been given this gift and that is Logan and I I'm honestly so I'm so proud to be his mom and I'm so proud of myself really because I have I have learned all these lessons and I have been able to kind of step outside myself and just see things in a different light. Again, these are just these are just five five lessons that I would say are the biggest biggest things that I've learned. But I think overall, just having a child with autism has it's honestly it's made me a better person because it's made me realize so so many things are just not not what they seem in life and it's made me appreciate everything the little stuff the big stuff it's really it's given me that that appreciation for things that I never I wouldn't have thought twice about before I posted a a quote on my Instagram page for the podcast which if you're not following it's adventures and autism pod on Instagram um, but it was a, it was a really beautiful quote. I don't have it in front of me right now, but basically just saying that, you know, as an autism parent, you are going to see some really ugly things. You're going to see discrimination and people being very unkind. And I have to say, we've been pretty lucky so far. I've definitely experienced people treating my son with less than kindness at certain times and obviously it's very hard and that's where being an advocate comes in because I have had to learn to choose my words carefully but still advocate for my son in those moments um but the quote basically was saying that you know you're gonna see these really these really dark times but you're gonna see miracles and it is so true it's it's honestly it is it's a miracle that we have been able to make as much progress as we have. I just like a an actual miracle that I witnessed uh this past summer. Logan was uh really into numbers. He's really into like numbers and letters and at certain times certain things kind of spark his his interest more than others. And there was one day where he, he wanted to go upstairs and I didn't know what he wanted. And he went in the bathtub and he, we have those like foam bathtub numbers that, you know, they can kind of like stick to the side of the tub or the wall. 
and he he wanted to play with those numbers and I was like okay all right we can bring those downstairs so I was like doing something with the baby or with Liliana and I wasn't really paying attention to him for a few minutes and I went to go check on him and he was sitting at the dining room table and he had taken all the numbers and he had lined them up zero through ten in perfect order and I that's one of the moments that floored me more than I think anything has ever in this journey because I mean this child he at that point at least could not count to to 10 he he can definitely like say some some numbers but he would not be able to say them in context and he's gotten even better with these things but like when you have a nonverbal child, it's it's so hard because you don't know what is in their head. You don't know what they're thinking and you want to so badly. But you don't even know like what, what is really sinking in and what's not. Um and I just remember looking at those those numbers on the dining room table and I was like, Okay, wait, did he like bring them down in a certain order? Like did we have them? in a certain order before he did this but I'm like no he had them they were upstairs and he brought them downstairs and like I saw him he was just holding them all I mean I was just I was that like amazed by it <laughs> um and he actually did it like several I got it on video <laughs> he jumbled them all up and he did it again and it was just it was like an everyday miracle to see that this boy who is not able to tell you you know to say to count one through ten is able to 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 take these numbers and and lay them out one through ten and it was like I, I mean it just it amazed me it just amazed me when he did that and that was one of those times where I was like okay we are like really we are really getting somewhere this is really something and obviously I was I was so thankful for that um, but again I am. I'm thankful for Logan every day and I'm thankful for this journey because as much as it is hard, it is worth it. And I'm thankful that I have, I have learned these lessons. Again, I'm, I'm a a better and stronger person because of it. I think that strength is another (laughs) thing I want to touch on because I feel like people say to me a lot like, oh, you're so strong. Like, I don't know how you do it. And kind of back to the whole like you know it's okay to cry thing I I'm like I'm not that strong I cry a lot I really do but you you have you learn the depths of your strength when you are an autism parent because that is your only choice your only choice is to be there for your child and do everything you can for them and help them as much as you can and it's it's honestly it's it's very simple when you lay it out like that it's just the going about it really making it happen putting it into motion that's where that strength comes in but that strength for me it comes from Logan because he he is a warrior he really is he's my hero this this little boy works so hard and does so much and if he can do all that, surely I can be his mom. It is a privilege. And I'm just, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm so proud of him. And 
I am. I'm proud of myself for for getting to the point where I'm at now and for, for learning these lessons and really putting them into practice, not just, not just knowing them, but really, you know, living my life every day using the lessons that I've learned. Cause it's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to really do it. And, you know, we're, we're a couple years into this now. So I've had, I've had some time to, to figure all this out. So I hope that, you know, if you are a newly diagnosed autism parent, that maybe these lessons will, will help you and just know that you are, you're not alone in whatever it is that you're feeling, because I can guarantee you we've all been there and it can be very isolating. It can feel very lonely, but there's we're all there for you and again that's another reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I have already been connecting with so many people that have have said these things to me and have been grateful for the podcast because they have felt less alone and that's that's all all that I really could want from this is to just have that community and that support so I hope you enjoy today's episode with just me. <laughs> I hope I wasn't too boring for you or too rambly. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. I am really excited to see where this goes, where it continues to go. If you would like to connect with me, if you are interested in being on the podcast, I would love to talk to you. Again, you can email me at adventuresinautism2018 at yahoo.com. You can follow us on our Facebook page, uh, just Adventures in Autism Podcast, or on our Instagram page, Adventures in Autism Pod. Um, But yeah, just get in touch with me. I've already talked to so many of you, and I appreciate all the feedback more than I could even tell you, whether you're an autism parent or not. Because it's interesting. I've had so many people come to me who know me kind of as an acquaintance and say, I really love your podcast or even like people telling my husband, I listen to the podcast and that makes me so happy. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful for you for listening and I, I hope you enjoy it. And again, if you would like to connect with me, please get in touch. I would love to talk to you. I'll probably, I'll probably do another episode like this, like down the road. I'll do like lessons I've learned 2.0 because I, like I said, I could kind of go on and on today. I tried to sort of keep it concise, but there, there are so many, so many lessons that I have learned. And I know that I will continue to learn because again, this is an adventure. Adventures in autism. Sorry, that was like so corny, (laughs) but I hope you enjoyed listening and that's all for now, but I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye guys.